We're going to start by talking about BattleBards, stackers. You know what that means. If you're looking for sound effects, come to BattleBards.com. Take a look at what they have. Sound effects that cover fantasy, science fiction, and now Western and steampunk sounds. Lots to pick from. They have a great deal on a Prime subscription. If you sign up using our exclusive code STACK, you'll get a 20% discount on the cost of that. <clears throat> That'll give you streaming access to all the sound effects there, and you'll have access to tools that you can use to prepare for your games. Check them out, BattleBards.com. We want to remind you how you can contact us on Twitter and Instagram, Stackadice, by email, stack.o.dice at gmail.com, our wiki, vardalon.wikia.com, if you haven't left us a review yet, please take the take a moment to do that. We'd love to hear from you, know how we're doing, and the reviews will help other people to find out who we are and how to listen to our show. We're excited to repeat what we mentioned in our Twitter feed that uh, we will be making a guest appearance at the Odenton Library Comic Con in May of 2019. We'll have a table, we'll get to talk to people who come through and uh, meet some people who've listened to our show and also record a live show while we're there. So that should be a lot of fun. We're really looking forward to that. And if you happen to live in or around the Maryland area, we'd love for you to put that into your plans to come pay us a visit and get to know us. We'd love to get to meet people who listen to our show. We'll announce more about that as we get closer to the date. It's 18th of May, 2019. The question I want to ask, and I'm not going to assign it to individuals this time, but just generally speaking, what are your theories about where the game is headed? Do you have any ideas about what things mean or what's coming up? That kind of thing. When are we going to get to see the great stag again? It's been pretty quiet. So yeah, obviously such a pivotal figure. Um... I'm just wondering if I'm going to be able to make it to level 20 because it would be dope <laughs> if I could get all the way to level 20. I've never been to level 20 on any character that yeah, I've played in D&D. Because yeah. that's when you really get to the fun stuff, um, the, those super, super powers. Usually, what, level 18, something like that is where you unlock some of those. And then just, I mean, the, the hit points alone. <laughs> you think 57 is a good deal. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, but the monsters get stronger too. Monsters get stronger. The DM perhaps gets a little less protective of his players. <laughs> You've been protecting us all <laughs> Yeah, just wait. You had 25 <laughs> points of damage. No what? joke. <laughs> I'm level two. Any other questions or theories? or? Um, I, I really can't wait to really start piecing together more of all, all the cutscene stuff. That's always very interesting, and we're sort of starting to see it, but it still hasn't been really connected back specifically to us and what we're doing. So that I'm really looking forward to finding out more about and getting some clarification on what's going on. That... Here's a question. I guess a question about that. When, when you do those cuts, those are happening concurrently with us, or are we like looking back in time? It sounds like you just say, we lift up and we go to this other place. So it kind of seems like that's concurrent, not in the past. I have a feeling it is concurrent. I'm asking the DM. I'm just interjecting <laughs> my own opinion that no one likes. <laughs> uh, I think it's safe to say that it is happening concurrently, yes. Spiffy. One of the things I like is when I hear you all theorizing and trying to figure out what might be coming and what does this mean. It's always fun for a DM to hear players talking about that after the fact because it lets you know that you're leaving an air of mystery and the players are having fun they're engaged with it so that's always gratifying for me so we'll expand on the story now as we roll into our episode follow a band of intrepid friends as they seek to understand the world changing around them and as they work together to face a growing evil enter a world of adventure and mystery in Vardalon. Hello Stackers, I'm Rhett, the Dungeon Master of this 5th edition Dungeons & Dragons adventure set in the homebrewed world of Vardalon. With me is... Meredith as Tira Ironstag. Michael as Womberbash Benson Mom. <laughs> Thane as Peter Greyhawk. 
Last time, our intrepid friends made their way across the desert on some fantastic creatures called Sandrunners. They came to a stop at a remote village where Sadia's people live. There they found rest and decided where they would venture next. After consulting the map in their possession, they settled on Ebendele, a city in the southern country of Muwaka. On the way, however, they came across an odd place. A depression, almost like a crater in the desert that was strewn with this mysterious star stone. Going down to investigate, they found themselves faced with a battle against some very strange creatures made of dust and fire. Drawn into a fight, the party managed to escape, but not before finding an apparently dying creature wedged into some boulders there. Now they stand at the edge of the bowl, and they're taking a moment to collect themselves in the sudden silence before pressing on. Who's ready to tell a story? I am so ready. All right, so when we pick up, Peter is blind. And Womberbash has an, a scent about him still from the end of the last fight. <laughs> My corneas are hurting. As the creature that you helped rescue from the cleft in the rock collapses at the top of the crater, you notice he's very emaciated. He's very gaunt. And he's also charred and blackened. And uh, it looks like underneath all the the collected grime of being in the desert and everything, there's glints of metal, like his scales are metallic, but at the same time, all that stuff on top of them shows that he's been badly injured. He has been out for a long time, uh, perhaps living in the elements for an extended period of time. What color are his scales? They have a goldish sheen to them, but it's not the gold that you're used to seeing, so it's more of a, a brassy or bronzy color. I'm gonna I'm gonna walk over to him and give him some water from my water skin. You offer the skin to him, and at first the creature flinches from the your offering, not sure what you're doing, but then when it hears the sloshing of the water inside, it picks it up and begins to gulp greedily. When does my vision clear? After about another fifteen seconds or so, you begin to see from the edges of your sight. Uh, little pops of light and that begins to eventually fill the rest of your vision until at last you're fully restored to your original sight. I can see. You can see. And what you see is a very strange looking creature sitting with you while your senses were, while your eyesight was dulled, you, it's like your nose was compensating a little bit and you were smelling some interesting aromas coming from it including, uh, most recently, a grassy meadow smell. Interesting. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to um, take a, a piece of... Uh, or actually, I'm going to take out one of my dried fish, and I'm going to ask him if he wants to... to I'm going to motion like my hand in my palm and, and up to my, my mouth, so you want to eat food? It looks at you with hazy eyes and then basically falls backward onto the ground, and you can see... As it does, that some of the places where scales should be, the scales have been chipped away. And there's gashes and gouges. So obviously this thing has suffered some pretty significant injuries. And until it gets either rest or treatment, it's on death's doorstep and uh, also is not interested in food. I I noticed that I have one cleric spell slot remaining, so I'm going to cast Cure Wounds on him. Okay, go ahead and describe that. Well, taking out my star stone, I'm reciting a prayer to Vasham that has been ingrained to me since my youth. And as I do so, my right hand, which is not holding the stone, begins to glow kind of a goldenish, but also kind of greenish color, kind of like yellow-greenish. And then I lay it on his chest, and little green vines just kind of spring up all over him, kind of stitching him back together and even like covering parts where his scales are missing and then they'll recede and there are scales returned with a uh with a more lustrous sheen to them he gets 13 hit points wow okay that's a your healing takes effect and as soon as you take your hands off it sits up quickly and shakes its head like to clear the cobwebs and immediately a smell like baking bread 
fills the air. I wonder now if he'll if he'll take some food, maybe. I, I suppose you right, could try again. Some, do you want some food? It looks at you. <laughs> I wish I had a picture. Oh, of that. for a video camera. I wasn't yeah. looking. Oh, man. Uh, you, you gesture like that, and it looks at you. And at first, it looks hesitant. Again, not sure quite what you're going to offer it. But when you offer it, what? Uh, one of my dried fish. Okay, you pull out a strip of fish and hand it to it. And at first, it sniffs it and tries to push it back to you. But when you continue to insist, it takes a, a very reluctant nibble. And then when that salt floods its mouth, it immediately gobbles the rest of the strip. Oh, I think you like that. <laughs> All right, I only have seven, so I'm going to give him one more. Another okay. dried fish. All right. Without hesitation this time, it takes it and the fish is gone in moments. It's obvious this creature has not had anything sustenance-wise for quite some time. Well, let me look in my pack and see if I can give him anything else. And I look around, I don't know what I have exactly as far as yeah. food. You took provisions with you from Sadia's village, so you've got a good amount. Enough for three people, for sure, to make the crossing. I'm not going to give him a whole bunch, just he's clearly starving, so yeah. Yeah. one more piece of something. This time it takes what you offer, Tira, and as it begins eating... It has kind of a, it begins to hold its stomach. It, this is a little too much all at once. Oh. And so it drops the rest of the food on the ground. Right. And the smell of baking bread continues to hang in the air. Wow. He smells good enough to eat. His eyes widen in terror. His eyes widen in terror. It's like in the cartoons when, uh, when the cat sees the mouse with the little drumsticks. And, yes. Yeah. <laughs> All right, I guess I'm going to try and look at the guy. Okay. And asking it, do you do you feel well enough to to move? It seems to consider for a bit and then it pushes itself up off the ground and stretches its arms and its legs and then twists a little bit in its trunk and after a bit nods there's a scent of the grassy meadow again in the air seems to have superseded that baking bread smell mm. i think it's time for us to go right so i'm gonna motion yeah, to we it. should put some I'm distance gonna, between ourselves in this place i'm gonna put my hand on my chest and i'm gonna put my hand on his chest and i'm gonna say are you going to come and do a circling motion are you gonna come with us to leave as he points into the sky when you put your hand on its chest it takes a step back like i don't want you touching me but then again it's it sees that you didn't mean it any harm and so it holds up a hand palm up and there's a scent almost like a a curling wisp of perfume huh hmm, okay um oh. I smell Chanel, so maybe <laughs> number five. Uh, so, <laughs> all right. I guess I mean I, I'm gonna get up on my <clears throat> on my camel and ask him. Well, I'm gonna motion. Does he want to get up with me on the camel? It looks at you up there and cocks its head in a very lizard-like fashion, mm. and then shakes its head, and you can see a like a, a little frill around its neck almost come up a little bit. It doesn't seem to take too kindly to that suggestion. I think okay. he may be afraid of the camels. I think right. I'm, well, also, I'm also going to get onto my camel and uh, get ready to depart. Uh, he seems reluctant to follow us or just to get on the camel? To get on the camel. It seems like this Sham is ready to go with you. Certainly strength in numbers, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Well, I'll, I'll be happy to just lead my camel and walk along with him if he wants. Okay. So the pace is going to be slower because of that. But as you walk along, you catch more scents from time to time. And the, the creature itself is walking right next to you. And so there's just, generally speaking, there's a little puff of something that seems to come from its direction. And then it fades quickly. Interesting. 
right, well, um, I suppose we need to just continue. Which way, which way were we headed before we stopped at this crater? You were headed east Beast. along east. the road. All right. Back to the road. All right, you get down to the road from the crater, and you make your way along the road to the east, and the day is baking. It's about, hmm, let's say you've been on the road for about an hour. It's early afternoon, and so the sun is just past its height. There's no shelter from the heat pounding down upon you from above. Now, how, how's, how's the sham looking, uh, walking in this? Seems to be just fine. There's, uh, it's carrying, when you rescued it from the cleft in the rock, there was this curious curved stick that it was holding close against it, so it was hard to see at first, but now it's swinging that stick along at its side. It's about six feet long and is curved slightly and has this curious corkscrew section in the middle. Now, if the stick is six foot tall, how tall is this guy? It's big, and this was another thing you didn't really notice when you first rescued it, because he was hunched over and looking so sickly. But now that he's had some food, some drink, and some healing, it stands at a good six foot eight. It's a tall, wow. tall Ooh. creature. Wow. He's walking right next to me. That must yes. look really comical. <laughs> <laughs> well, you plus the camel, you guys equal out to about. Well, she's, no, she's, on the, she's on the she's on oh, the ground. Oh, never mind. Yeah, me on the camel might be as bad as tall as he is, but I'm not on the camel. So you make your way eastward, and again, the dust of the road. You try to walk side by side instead of single file. So you're not kicking dust into the people behind you. Oh no, we should travel by single file to disguise our numbers. You make your way east, and the shadows lengthen, and then before you know it, almost it's the, the cold as the heat just gets sucked out of the earth, out of the sand, and it's time to find a campsite. We should stop for the night. This, I mean, there's no shelter anywhere. This is as good a place as any. I guess motion him. We're stopping here it nods in agreement and moves off the road and begins scrabbling in the sand i'm gonna go um maybe about 20 feet away from him and i'm gonna just set up myself like a little like sleeping area Mm -hmm. and i am already out I'm, i'm asleep okay Bash just collapses on the ground. I don't think you even do anything to prepare. You just hollow out a little spot that'll fit your back, and you're gone. Peter, what are you doing? I am doing my ritual taking off of the armor, Um, and after that, I am going to just kind of sit on my bedroll while I recite my evening prayers. Excellent. Okay, so you can hear Peter's voice droning in the background as he does his daily prayers. Tira, what are you going to do? Once we get settled in... um... I'm just going to try and talk to the sham a little bit. The reason the sham was scrabbling was that it was digging a fire pit. And the breeze is coming roughly from the north. And so as it constructed this pit, it built up a little higher on the north side of the pit. And so that shelters the sticks inside from from the breeze, keeps it from flickering and guttering and making smoke. Mm-hmm. So it's obvious that this creature has been out in the wilderness for quite some time to have that kind of, I would say, woodcraft, but there's not really any wood out here. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what did he build a fire with? Stuff. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> My belongings. Don't ask. Yeah, exactly. Actually, fodder makes a good fuel. Fodder or dung? Both. Yes. It depends on which end you want to deal with. As, as, as I'm reciting my as I'm reciting my prayers, I flip to one. I flip a page and realize that there's a whole chunk just missing. Oh no! <laughs> my green book ah! of dumb. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I made it out of. <laughs> okay, uh, so the, the camels are content. They're lying down, camel style, and they just <laughs> as camels do, camel and style. and they. Uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, it's there, the there's a definite <laughs> pungent smell coming from their direction mm-hmm. but thankfully the the coolness and what little moisture there is coming from the north uh, helps to kind of quell that and tira as you're sitting there you do notice again that interesting aroma of baking bread hmm. all right um i just Settle in next to him or across, I guess, across the fire okay. from him. You can see his so eyes can... glinting at you in the dark. 
Chatoyants? Yes. Yeah, I was gonna. Say, I was hey. just about to say, are they like the reflective? Um, I don't know. Uh, so can I ask from? I don't think so. My place. I, I'm going to. Sm- I, I assume I can smell this baking bread, right? You can smell it. Are you going to let that disturb you from your? Well, I I, I assume that I have devotions. finished my. I would think I would notice the bread and then kind of wonder. Well, we'll say experience. that you're you're Boy. still in your devotions. You're still praying, mm-hmm. and you smell it, but it's almost like it's a. Uh, in the back of your mind that you're noticing it. It's white scent. <laughs> Is that white a white noise? <laughs> hey, why is it got to be white? <sighs> All right, Tira, what are you right. going to do? I settle down across the fire from him. I, I try to, I don't know how I would motion, how did you get there, but um, what, what brought you to the crater? And I'm kind of trying to motion out a crater with a, I'm doing this because people who are listening can't see what I'm I, doing. I understand completely why you're saying it. It's just funny to say see you swooping your hand yeah, down yeah. and back and Yeah, yeah. Okay. What what brought you to that crater where we found you? It sits back as if it's contemplating what you're saying. And then after a moment, it sits back forward into the light the you can see the firelight put casting its face into relief. And there's a progression of smells that suddenly appear in the night air. First, there's the scent of baking bread. That seems to intensify. And then there's a pause. And then you catch the sharp smell of sulfur. That's a smell that you're familiar with from the mines, from the delve. And then right on its heels, there's the scent of sweat. And that lasts for a good 10 seconds. It's a heavy... That that musky, Pungent. sweaty, yes. It's, oh, so it's, high school. <laughs> that would be Axe body spray. And oh. so you have that followed immediately by hot dust and then a very smoky smell. And you know the fire is not smoking. It's mm-hmm. it's a very clean fire. And then that's followed by the smell of rain falling on warm earth, petrichor. And then after just the briefest pause... Then that grassy meadow smell again. All right. Uh, Tira's really pretty intrigued by this, what, what just happened. It almost feels like she's been, uh, she has this almost sense of having been communicated with telepathically, almost like, you know, she's kind of, having taken in all of these very distinct scents, it just seems an interesting way for him to respond after having been asked a question like that. And so I turn to these two. Well, to this one. Womberbash is sawing logs over there. I know. You smell a smell come from Womberbash and it's like a methane smell. <laughs> okay. There, he's that, gone. That means he's asleep. That, yeah. I smell snoring. It's his morning smell. <laughs> Get back. <laughs> That's his danger smell. <laughs> <laughs> <No>. Morning. <laughs> okay. Um, oh, Bash is asleep. Um. <laughs> oh, Bash is asleep. Oh, Bash is asleep. Peter, did did you catch all those scents just now? Yeah, I was wondering what that was from. <laughs> 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 what, has, what hasn't he eaten? <laughs> yeah. What hasn't? It's fair enough. Yeah, yeah. I was. What? What was that? I'm not exactly sure. I just. I was trying to find out from from the sham here how he came to be in that crater, and the strangest thing just happened. He sat back for a minute, and then when he sat back forward, I just smelled, there was this great progression of different, very distinctive scents. This might sound weird, but I think that might be his way of communicating. There's that strong smell of the grassy meadow again. Do you smell that? Yeah. The grassy meadow? Yeah, I smell We're nowhere near a grassy meadow. <laughs> <laughs> Ain't no grassy meadow here. Yeah. And I smelled that I before when tea. we very first rescued him from the crater. Right after, right after the, the creatures disappeared. Mm-hmm. The first, what, what was it? It was, 
Baking bread. Yeah, and then after that, there was like. It was that sulfur. was sulfur. Sulfur, yeah. That was definitely. And then sulfur. after that, I smelled sweat. And um, that was and horrible. Then after, after that, there was smoke. Yeah, that couldn't have been from our fire. No, and then I, grass. I. Right. No, there was something else in there, but it's it's petrichor. Start- petrichor. Sorry, let me rephrase that. <laughs> I smell like rain. What? I smell like rain falling on the hot cobbled streets of a summer Arden. The DM's giving me the nod of approval. So, oh, okay. Oh. And and then after that, it, there was there was uh, grass. I turned to the sham. I'm going to say, "What's your name?" The sham sits up straight, which is just about as well taller than Tira, I mm-hmm. think, standing up. And it takes its fist and thumps it against its chest. His name is Thump. And then it points at you. It holds its hand up, palm facing up, and you smell that little curly wisp of perfume again. I'm perfume? <laughs> no, I think he wants to know what your name is. Oh. Hey. A goofy smile. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, my name is Peter. The sham points at you, and then it's hard to describe this. But as it points at you, there's a very green, earthy smell. I, I smell Peter. Yeah. <laughs> and again, it, it follows with the, the little perfumey wisp. Mm-hmm. That smells like me? And well, then, there were vines when you healed him. He must yes. associate those with you. Okay. So then it... it points at you again, this time more definitely. And again, that smell, the green earthy smell. And it points at you. And then it points back at itself and hits oh. itself in the chest. Darmok and Jalad <laughs> at Tanagara. <laughs> <sighs> then, it points, then it points at you, Tira. Uh-huh. And again, the hand, the palm up and the curling wisp of perfume. All right, so I just kind of put my hand over my heart. I don't want—I don't know what the pounding is supposed to mean necessarily, so I don't want to do that. I just put my hand over my heart like this, and I say, "Tira." So it points at you, and then you smell—it's—it's it's a a damp smell. It's a smell like uh, like water dripping on stone in a cave. It makes me smile. I say yes. And there's that little perfume wisp just as you say yes. And then it points again and the yes. smell intensifies. Yes. And then it points at itself and hits itself in the chest. Oh, no. I want to know what he means by that. What is that? I think his name is Thump. No, his name is not Thump. Or Wump. Or crank or stump. Stop it! <laughs> he has a name. There's the grassy meadow smell. His name is his, his name is Wump Thump Crack Stump. It's his chest. <laughs> oh, Wump, Wump Thump, thump <laughs> Crack Stump. <laughs> <laughs> That's his name now. Oh boy. <laughs> that could be a name. Oh dear. Uh, in fact, uh, the the sunny part of the grassy meadow smell. Seems to outweigh the, the grass part. Does that mean, yes? It does seem to mean yes. Yes. <laughs> what, so his name is Thump. Wump, uh, sorry, Wump Thump Crack Stump. <laughs> <laughs> Did we just name him? <laughs> he had a name to begin with, right? It takes its stick and stands up. Stands the stick. <laughs> Point. His name is not stands with a stick. <laughs> Points at you. You smell your damp smell, Tira. Yes. Points at you, Peter, and you smell your earthy smell. And then points over at Womberbash. <laughs> smells a methane smell. And there's, the, there's a methane smell in there. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. He has us pegged. <laughs> it's followed by that curling wisp of perfume. Yes, his name is Womberbash. And then points again, and there's that strong methane smell now. <laughs> uh, you can't see. 
boy. Nice to meet you, Womp Thumb Crackstump. <laughs> Welcome to the party. <laughs> Womp Thumb Crackstump. Oh, uh, maybe we could shorten it to yeah. one of those. Which one? Stump. Ooh, which one? No, Stump's not. That's not even right because he's eight Crack. feet tall. <laughs> no. With I guess Thump. I would say Thump because that's what he keeps doing. Worth. Thumping his chest. Where Thump. Okay. Thump it is. So, dude, I mean, okay, this is outside the game, I guess. Did we just name him? He didn't He didn't have a name that he was trying his, to tell us? His name is... So since we're outside a thing, I, I just think because he can't communicate with any type of uh, vocal thing, this is the closest he can get. So, I'm, for, for, for instance, if I were to address him, if it were me, mm-hmm. I would just go so he could yeah. hear it, and then he would turn and say, I, I'm, I'm talking to you. That's what mm-hmm. I think. But that's, that's, that's metagame and... Hey, and we're gonna, we're gonna cut all this out. No, we're not. What? <laughs> what? I, I think I'm it's, asleep. I think it's legitimate Methaning conversation. Everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's just say that you get the impression that he is not averse to the name of Thump. Okay. Or no. No. All right. Well, okay. So we seem to be figuring his method of communication out at least a little bit. So I, we need to go back. First, we smelled the baking bread. And then that strong sulfur smell. That could be the fire monster? There is no smell coming from Thump right now. He's ignoring us. (laughs) He's looking at you. I wish I wasn't asleep. Here, I'm actually going to... Actually, I think think it is well within Peter's nature to wake up Wumberbash because we're, like, really figuring out uh, Thump. You can try. All right, I'm going to tell you what. Roll a constitution, Wamberbash. You need to roll a constitution check, saving throw against my strength. No, I'm gonna I'm gonna suplex them. Uh, you need to beat a 15. <laughs> nope. Okay, he point. continues to snore. All right, I'm I'm, I'm going to yell. Or... Use your knee more. <laughs> Use your knee more. <laughs> can Can I just like shake him? Peter, leave him alone. He's been through a lot today. He must know. (laughs) Okay. No. All right. All right. Uh, Well, sulfur. I mean, what else? I mean, that that scent reminds me of the delve, but there's not a delve around here. Did you come from a delve? There's no smell in the air. I I think when there's no scent, that must mean no. Because it's like the scents are meant to lead us to the right answer. And when there's no scent, there's nothing to lead. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, I have to ask. Because we've met people like you before who were being sold into slavery. At that word, the smell of sweat fills the air. Were you, Wait. And, and he looks visibly upset. Were you a slave too? There's a long pause, and it's the very faintest of grassy meadow smell, but then that disappears very quickly. Mm. Grassy meadow. That seems to me that that we're usually getting close. Are you? Did you escape though? Strong grassy meadow smell. I'm so glad we met people who were enslaved like you, and it was absolutely horrifying. So is that what brought you here then? Or to the crater? Were you fleeing? Grassy meadow. Okay, but then the sulfur. We need more. I I don't understand, and I'm kind of like tapping my temples and shaking my head because I don't know what else to, to say. He appears to understand our spoken language. I don't believe we need to sign language with him. And at this point, your your current line of discussion about slavery seems to have upset him, and oh. he he's starting to look a little agitated. Okay, I, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. We, we won't talk about that anymore. I just really want... He, he, it seems like he basically told me a story with all these scents mixed in together. I don't know how we can get to the bottom of it without continuing this question maybe we should just get some rest we can talk about it tomorrow some more tomorrow okay do i hear do i, do I hear 
do I smell a grassy meadow now? You do. Oh, great. You do. And then it's kind of like the uh, the smell of, it's hard to, hard to describe again, just like the, the winding down of a day, like the, the smell of moisture in the evening air. Lavender? Let's say honeysuckle? lavender. <laughs> yeah. Oh, honeysuckle. That's a good one. So it's, it's a scent of honeysuckle in the air. <laughs> and he lies down and begins snoring. I've never met anybody like this who communicates this way. Have you, Peter? No. No. This is going to be tricky, but I think it's worth finding out. Yeah. We should get some rest. We have a lot more uh, walking to do tomorrow. Agreed. You both cozy down into your bedrolls, and before you know it, sleep takes you, and you awaken in the morning. The sun is well up by the time you're moving, but you notice that Thump is already up and moving around, and he's using his stick to help guide him, but uh, not guide him, to support him. He's using it kind of like a walking stick, but not quite. And you notice when he puts it down that it it has a little give to it, a little bend to it, so it's obviously not made for supporting his entire weight. Might it be a bow of some sort? This is a long rest, right? So we're restored. Yes, everything is restored. Oh, right. So that yes. means Wamberbash, all your side points are restored, hit yes. points, hit dice, everything. All my spell slots. Spell slots. I can now Lay cast on guidance, hands. guiding bolt all the time. I do, that, that spell is crazy. For a first level spell, yeah. Yeah, 46. Mm. Yeah. I'm going to walk up to the sham and say, um, would you like some food? There's a grassy meadow smell. That means Yes. Oh, okay. Um, I'm going to take out some lamb this time, and I'm going to give him some lamb. Okay. It reaches out and takes it and begins chewing seemingly thoughtfully, and then pauses as if rolling it around in its mouth, and then begins chewing more vigorously. (laughs) Seems to like it. That is all I'm giving him. (laughs) (laughs) Good. Enjoying it? Good. That's all the food you're having today. Hmm. I guess I, you can drink from my water skin today, or this morning anyway, because yeah. Bash gave him some yesterday. We, yeah. we should ration it and kind of take turns sharing. Okay. So you, we really need to find water soon. Right. You make a breakfast and the sharing and everything, and then you saddle up and head back out following the road. And by about midday, you begin to see scattered tufts of thick, jagged grass. It appears here and there just off the side of the road, and you can see it stretching out into the desert, but it's very sparse. But as you go for another hour, it begins to thicken, and you begin to see more of it more frequently. And what you think you're seeing is this is where the rainfall comes in from the coast. You're, you're approaching the coastline, and now you're seeing we're about as far inland here as the rain gets. There's no sign of civilization, no real elevation to relieve the vast stretch of land, but your senses and the sun's position help you generally to keep to your course. Along with the road that we're traveling on. So you're now surrounded on either side by this scrubby grass. Well, there's got to be water somewhere. I mean, grass doesn't grow out of sand with no water. All right. So You you guys are taller. Can you see anything? (laughs) Here is just swallowed up by the grass. You we're make our, your way down. We're on our camels, though. I yeah, think. you're yeah. on your camels, and uh, Thump has been jogging alongside. He's, I don't know his name is Thump yet, though. You don't. Well, that's right. We need to explain to Bash what happened. Okay. Last well, night. we'll say that you've done that, uh, and because you were here listening, you're you're able to keep up with everything. You you make it, let's say, another four hours down the road. You've been sipping at your water and everything. When all of a sudden, up ahead. Just off the road, you can see a low wall of what looks like a well. We need to get over there. Yay. Why I say yay? (laughs) Because Peter likes water. (laughs) Water! Yay! (laughs) All right, so you get there, and it is indeed a well. And it's got a, a wooden framework and a leather bag that you can use to replenish your supplies. And it's here, obviously, because of the caravans and things that come through. All right, so I'm going to go ahead and start drawing. All right. 
Before long, you're all filled up. And in fact, Thump himself seems to uh, just dig right into the water and is drinking as much as Well, while, while Tara is drawing, I'm going to go over and get some water. <laughs> so Say it over He's again. So funny. <laughs> oh, that was just okay. It was... Thinking, uh, reflecting on the past fight that we had, uh, that was a bit rough on all of us. And I, even though Peter's not really aware of his spell slots, but he can kind of feel when he's getting worn out from mm-hmm. using spells constantly. And he has a feeling that um, there'll be times in fights where he will have depleted his, his energy to be able to heal others. So he's actually going to... Uh, look around to see if there's any herbs that he might recognize or anything. Just well, to... you carry some on you. Oh, that's right. Well, never hurts to be overprepared, so I'm just going to kind of look around and see if I can find anything of use. You find some plants that look herby, maybe, uh, but but you're so far away from home, it's hard to tell. You had a very localized training. I'm going to pick some anyway. Okay. Just oh, in look. case. There's St. John's wort. <laughs> oh look, there's chamomile. <laughs> Witch hazel. Mint. Cold oh. you, you do find some mint leaves out there. Okay. I have mint now. Okay. Alright. So you're all basically replenished, prepared, and ready to continue. Yes. Anything else you want to do here? You make your way further down the road to the east, and after another two hours of riding and thump trotting alongside you. Off in the distance to the south of the road, so you're heading east to the south to your right, you see something that catches your eye. It, it's more of a, a subliminal thing at first, but then what draws your eye to it is that it seems to be a straight line in this land of rolling grassland. Do you guys see that over there? Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I believe know. so. I don't know what that is. I, I, it doesn't... That doesn't seem naturally occurring. Is that like a body of water or something? No, it appears to be rising above the landscape. Not far, but sticking up above the rolling grassland. Hmm. It appears to be a straight line of some kind. Curiosity is going to... It's not far off the road, you said? It's maybe half a mile to the south. Again, this is so open here, it's hard to judge distances. and It's somewhere between half and one mile. Curiosity killed the cat, you know. <laughs> Satisfaction. I know. I'm, I'm going to go over there. Yeah, same. I'm going to start I'm, going I'm, I'm going with Tira. Okay, so Tira and Peter I'm veer going. off and begin heading south, and Thump is ahead of you trotting when he hears you and cocks his head and looks over at you and then looks to the east and back at you, shrugs a little bit, and then just starts trotting to the south. Come on, Bash! <laughs> Okay. Come on, Methane. <laughs> you follow in too? Okay. Yeah. All right. You make your way south, and it does end up being closer to the one-mile mark than the half-mile. As you approach, you begin to make out the even height of a wooden fence that must be a good 10 feet high. It runs for about 300 feet on this side before it turns sharply to form another side. It looks like you're looking at some sort of rectangular Four. enclosure. Uh, a few slender spires of wood rise gracefully against the blue sky. They seem to be rising from inside this enclosure. I'm going to kind of stand up in my saddles, maybe even like stand on top of the camel, see if I can peer over the wall. You're standing on a camel. Uh, you're not right up against the wall, I'm going and to... you, you won't be able to stand on the camel like that. From within, you can hear things. The fence is so well constructed, like a privacy fence. Uh, You can't see what's going on inside, but you can hear plenty. From within come the sounds of intense activity. An obviously large saw is hard at work on cutting something. You hear horses snorting, voices calling back and forth in unintelligible messages. And punctuating it all is the staccato beat of hammers banging on wood. Is there a gate anywhere in sight? Not on this side, but if you wander around, you might be able to find one. Is this a city, guys? or... I don't it, understand. It doesn't look like a city. There's no obvious buildings. Some kind of a little settlement. Guys, you want to look around, maybe go around to the other side, see if we can find a way in? I, I, I'm a bit concerned about uh, Thump. Uh, like, I don't I don't know if 
they're slave traders here and, and, and maybe if he walks in there, they might try to capture him. I'm not really sure. What do you guys want to do? Do you think you should wait uh, out here? Or? Uh, what, what is Thump doing? Thump is standing there shifting from one leg to the other. All right. He definitely seems... Do we smell anything? You smell the faintest whiff of sulfur. Sulfur? Uh, we still, still, still haven't deciphered that. Danger, maybe. <gasps> maybe. I'm saying if... if these guys are slave traders. If, if we decide to go in there and these guys... They're not to, guys. If, <laughs> <laughs> Boom! Dwarven! <laughs> Only dwarves can say guys. If if these men uh, turn out to be slave traders, if we go in, we could just merely say that Thump is... I hate to say it, but... We, 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 Let's just we, not bring him in we there. We don't lie, right? That's true. <laughs> I, I tell you what, I, I'll stay out here with Thump and why don't you guys go check it out? Okay. I think that's a good idea. All right, Peter and Tira, you make your way around the fence and come at last to the entrance on the far side, a large double gate that's halfway open. The left door is pulled shut, but the right has been left open to allow the occasional wagon to roll out. In fact, you can hear the rumble of heavy wheels as you urge your camels toward the gate. Out comes the wagon, sweating oxen leaning against the yoke as the driver's lash coaxes them along the rutted road. He's laughing and singing something. As it passes, you see the wagon is mostly empty, although there are scattered bits of rounded tree bark strewn across the floorboards. Hmm. Uh, I'm going to kind of ease my camel in through the gate. Okay. There, nobody challenges you. You enter. Are you with him, Tira? Yeah. Okay. You enter what appears to be a work yard, which is what this is, to a scene of great visual confusion. Several buildings with open sides line the inner wall of the place, but they're not tall enough to appear above the wall. Just to your left is what looks like a carpenter's shop, and as you pass, you see a man in the leather apron planing large white curls of wood off a straight piece of lumber. To your right is what looks like a supply dump with piles of rough lumber, bales of cloth, coils of rope, barrels of square nails, and just about any other material that could be used to make something. Across the yard are several other buildings and even an outdoor furnace where some shirtless men covered in coal dust streaked with sweat are shaping some white-hot thing they've just pulled from the flames. To the south, past a low wicker wall, are a couple more buildings. The smell of food comes from that direction. And to the north is a long, low building with a porch that runs along its front. You can see a couple figures, including a shorter one, standing there and looking out into the yard. But what particularly catches your attention most is what lies right in the middle of the workyard. It's the center of the work, and people are crawling all over it. It appears to be the hull of a large wooden ship. It's a shipyard, Peter. That's right. Perhaps a hundred miles from any body of water, here in the middle of nowhere, is a large wooden ship. The hull is mostly complete, at least on this side, and now the area of focus seems to be finishing the main deck. Four great masts, two fore and two aft, rise straight up, accounting for what you saw above the fence during your approach. Figures are everywhere, measuring, cutting, hammering, calling out questions, shuttling supplies. In short, the scene is one of chaotic activity. What is this doing here? Is there any place that looks like, you know, like headquarters or whoever's... Who, can I see whoever's in charge? Again, that building to the north where you saw two figures observing from the porch, that probably seems to be it. Can I head over there? Absolutely. Uh, are you still on your camel or uh, did you get off? Yeah, I'm still on my camel. Okay. I'm going to ask Tira to come with me. Shall we go and talk to those guys over there? To those men over there? People over yonder. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I suppose. I, I don't understand what in the world this is doing here. We're nowhere near a body of water. Are we? I don't believe so. Okay, so All right, you, I'll come with you. Yeah, Peter is already trotting, or you've gotten off your camel, you said. Oh, no, I said I was you, on my camel. Okay, yeah, you trot to the north, and people are shifting out of your way. And as you go, the masts actually have these little booms sticking off of them low to the deck. Apparently the crew working on the hull is testing one of them, and it's actually rotating the mast so that boom is swinging back and forth. And they seem to be satisfied with the results because you hear some applause, and they seem to be happy with the way this is going. But as you approach the porch building to the north, you can see 
the erratic movements of a little man. He seems to be bobbing left and right, and he just seems to be very excited about what's going on here in the workyard. And you can hear his voice rising above the den. And then he reaches behind him and pulls out a boot that he puts on his head. It's a Simmeries. Oh. A Simmeries. You have found a Simmeries again. What? As, as I draw up, I'm going to say, a Simmeries? He stops mid-sentence. His mouth is hanging wide open as though he's about to say something to the person next to him. And he just stares at you for a moment. You can see him trying to remember, I know this face. It's, I know this face. It's Peter from, from Flunmore. Peter, how are you? I'm fine. I would like to ask the same of you. How are you? What What are you doing here? We're on a journey. I would like to ask, why are you here? Well, this is my workplace. Thought... One of my workshops. Oh. But how okay. did you get here? So fast before the rest of... before us? Well, I was almost done with my work in Flinmore, and then I... I took a wagon. He must okay. have come straight here. Yeah, that's true. We kind of... Uh, yeah, you did not take the most direct route, that's for yeah. sure. Well, it's... It's a pleasure to see you again. Well, what do you think? It, w- he, he waved his hand out over... I don't know what all to think. Why are you building a boat here in the... Like, there's, there's no water nearby. Oh, that is a fabulous question. Tira, I remember you. Asimaris! <laughs> you took my shirt. <laughs> He, he, does, he does look a little Concerned quizzically. I'm not wearing the shirt. Yeah, he looks a little quizzically at you. What happened to the shirt? It was beautiful. It was in my, it's in my bag now, isn't it? You, you replaced you still it. You have it. Good. You, I think oh, good. I do. I don't you, think you, I replaced, you replaced it with, Re, with Rebecca's shirt. Oh, she I did. Yeah, That's she did. right. Yeah. <laughs> there it is right there. Mint green shirt. You, you, got, rid of, you got rid of his pink frilly shirt and it changed it. It was purple. It was yeah, purple. Right. I, I meant to say purple. Why did I say pink? I (laughs) (laughs) stuck. Ah, never mind, never mind. What's that over there? (laughs) That is my boat, my ship. Your ship. Um. I thought you said boot, and I was like, your boot is on your head. Boots on your head. Your boots on your head, man. (laughs) So, why why are you building this in the middle of the land? Tira, may I see your axe? Uh, Of course, the the one he gave me. Yes. All right, so I. Pull that out. Do you see this? And he, he runs his hand down the, the wooden handle of your axe, and his fingers bump slightly over the pieces of star stone embedded in it. Yes, yes. Well, when these stones are larger, they may be used to do great things. I, we talked about that in Flinmore, right? What, what do you mean, when they are larger? Well, you showed me a stone that you had that size. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. I thought you were trying to imply that the stones in my axe were going to be growing bigger oh, no, no, and no, no, that no, when no, they no. got to be a certain size, they would That do... would be an accomplishment. That would be amazing. <laughs> a giant axe. Is but, a but you see, I thought if, if a stone is larger and it can do more, why not get a whole bunch and then do something fantastic with it? And then I got to thinking about the future of transportation and what if, what if we could make ships that could fly? Fly? Um, ships that could... Hang on, hang on. Let me, I, I, I like dig in my ear. like pull out a whole, a whole, uh, whole lump of wax and I wipe it on... Your leg? On meat Tears pork. Camel. On, on meat pork, my camel. Oh, dear. And I'm going to say, ships that fly. Yes. Why not? <laughs> but the problem is... Uh, that's preposterous. But the problem is... Any testing I have done so far has been unstable. How so? You outside the yeah. outside outside the fence. Hang on, so, so, hang on, so, hang so, on. so I see that that ox cart leaving. Yeah, and I'm like, hey, thump, thump, thump. That those are those are oxen, <laughs> and they're like really, really strong. I'm reading here in my book, like really strong, like way stronger than horses. Like a, like a small team of oxen can carry like 1,300, no, no, 13,000 pounds. Thump? <laughs> there, there's a stunned... <laughs> lack of scent. Yeah, stunned lack of scent. And? <laughs> yeah. And then there's kind of a flat, dusty smell. Oh, that you flat, <laughs> chew <chulent> smell. <laughs> <laughs> a dusty smell. Okay. 
And then at the end, there's a little lift of grassy meadow. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Nice. Indeed. And then your signature methane smell. Phew. <laughs> <laughs> Thump, what'd you do? <laughs> he looks sideways. <laughs> We're going to have some fun with Thump. Oh, that's it. Oh, okay. Back inside. Back inside. Tira and Peter. All right. Asimri's is just gushing over his ideas and getting into all sorts of diagrams and schematics. He even throws open the door of his of his office building. That's what this building is here. The It takes up almost the entire length of that wall. And when he throws open the door, you can see inside an explosion of gadgets and gizmos, wires, You see up on one of the shelves, it looks like an upside-down triangle with an eye on each side and a little mouth on each side. What? And a broken leg. What? What? (laughs) How did he get his handle on Modra? (laughs) And and just all sorts of little things that are are just cluttering up this building. But he says, there are so many things going on in my mind. Clearly. (laughs) But just to get one of these right would be huge for the world. Is there... Will you guys come get me or okay. something? Okay. <laughs> I, 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 I see the uh, the triangle eye mouth thing, and I think of weird things, and I think of Wombabash. And then I, <laughs> <laughs> and I think going, it may be safe to bring him and yeah, so, so I'm, I'm in going, I'm going There to does say, not seem to be any presence that would be detrimental. So, yeah. Well, so we I'm, should, I'm going, we should stay to together. Just, go get them. I'm just going to uh, wheel my, my camel about just... And just kind of like spur. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of like sprinting because I'm eager to get back. Okay, so you get back, Wamberbash. You see Peter rumbling towards you on his camel. And we, we found he, a Simmeries. He doesn't even stop. <laughs> he doesn't even stop. He he like runs around behind you and then immediately is running back. All you hear is a Simmeries, and then Peter's gone. I guess we should follow him in there. Thump, let's go. Thump starts jogging along after Peter. And you follow and you make your way back in. And Asimri's is just so excited that he has been walking ahead of you, Tira. Or you came with Peter, right? To, to go get Bash? Yeah. No. Okay. No, I stayed in the shop. Uh, so he is just chatting. I mean, you, you feel like your ear is completely bent. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and he's Why made did his, I send Peter to get Bash? <laughs> he's made his way to the gate. And so when you come into the gate, uh, Wamber Bash, the first person you see is this chattering, familiar little man. Hey, that's that, that's that man. That man from uh, Flinmore. Yes, yes it is. Ah, it's good to see you again, my friend. Hi. You are looking well. Thank you. A <laughs> <laughs> uh, has been uh, up to some interesting experiments since we last saw him. I, I, I wheel about my camel. Look, back look, 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 look. Yeah. This guy is making a ship fly. No, he's not. And sadly... And he looks a little dejected at this. Even if it could, I think I would have problems finding someone who would want to test it. I would love to test it. <laughs> you would or Peter would? <laughs> wait, yes. wait, 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 wait. What do you mean by fly? Like, like a bird? Not quite like a bird. Hopefully a little more stable than that. But that more idea, yes. How are you doing this? He's, ah, he's using these. The starstone. I pulled my starstone. Oh. Where's your starstone? I have teams who are gathering it. Uh, there is plenty here in Setharban. There we, is? There is. Really? Where? We, we, a day or two ago, we found a crater full of it, but there were horrible creatures in it that drove us out. We almost died. Oh, those creatures. Uh, you send enough people, they take care of business. <laughs> How many of your workers did you sacrifice to go in there? Oh, I didn't and sacrifice pull... any workers. I hired mercenaries. And how many mercenaries did you sacrifice? None. They're very effective. We need to okay. up our game. This guy. <laughs> but too the, the, the great thing is we, we have brought back many pieces of Starstone. I have enough, I think. But anything I try with it, it, it just doesn't lift off the ground enough. Well, I'm not sure that they're meant to work like that, as summaries. We've, we have several stones between the three of us, and we've encountered several more. And the more we seem to, to try and put together, the worse things get. We have, we've, we've noticed some 
pretty negative effects when we try and combine them. Yes, but uh, one moment, and he runs back into, his little legs are pumping, and he runs back into his workshop, and he comes back. He has a box. It it looks actually more like a cylinder. Mm -hmm. And he holds it in his hands, and when he lets go, it actually rises a good couple inches off of his hands. Peter's eyes are wide as saucers. How is it doing that? And then he takes it, and he tilts it on its end and unscrews the cap, and inside you can just see a, it's filled with star stones. But how, how did you do that? It took a lot of practice and experimentation, but... And then he goes into some lengthy technical descri- description of what's oh. going on inside the cylinder. There's, do go into detail, please. There, <laughs> I just did. There, <laughs> there's, a, there's some kind of alloy metal... Almost, it looks like a circuit board inside, although it's not. But it's that kind of look to it. And when he puts, the, when he screws the cap back on and tilts it back to its side, it, it it does indeed float off of his hands. I don't understand this. I, our star stones don't produce any kind of effect like that. It's because well, we only have one. Well, oh how I wish I had played a wizard. Oh man! But wait a minute, to fly. Imagine oh, okay. what it would do for the world. Travel would become faster, safer. I'm not sure how safe it would be to be, for people to be whizzing around several feet off the ground. Uh, some reason, I, I, I wonder, can, can you make me something? What do you have in mind? I'm always up for a challenge. Here's a, here's, here's a drawing of, of what I'd like you to make me. I have a star stone, but I have this, just this, this, um, this leather bracelet. I would like it be something a little bit more permanent, maybe something a little less easy to steal off my off my Ooh. arm. And he runs back <laughs> into his into his uh, workshop, and you you can actually see pieces flying out the door. I mean, he is digging, and he comes back, and it seems like he has taken a piece off of either a suit of armor or something. But uh, <laughs> yeah, when he comes back, it's it's a wrist almost like a bracer. And um, with a few modifications, I think I could get something like okay. this. Yes. Can I, I can I give you my star stone to to attach it to it? But I I have to have the bottom of it cut out so so the star stone touches my my. Yes arm. yes 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 yes. I understand. Uh, I'm actually going to uh, while the the two of them are talking, I'm actually going over to the workshop, and I'm going to inspect that triangular eye mouth thing. It appears to be a. A rusty, dusty, broken piece of machinery. It's not whatever you were thinking it was. Uh, and so after a little bit of time, and, and he keeps up a constant stream of discussion the whole time. Well, I call it discussion. It's one way. Yeah. And you can barely get any words in edgewise. But after a short time, he turns around and he's got a fully functional bracer that you can now use in place of the leather thing that you had thank you so much uh, how much how much will this cost cost um you gave me a challenge i appreciate it oh thank you thank you very much and it is so good to see you again are you where are you headed we're trying to make our way to the port city so we can head south to ah, yes <laughs> yes that place it's a good place i think you will find that you like it we're not going there to stay we just need passage to abendele ah i see i see oh abendele uh i could wish that you would visit my home country of kassara <laughs> kassara we might by the time this is all <laughs> well i am afraid i have duties that demand my attention but it is ever so good to see you and likewise perhaps next time I can take you for a ride on my new ship. Maybe so. That would be amazing. Wouldn't it, though? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we head out. Okay. So you head back out the gate and make your way back to the road. Your head's now maybe a little lighter. Your, your heart's a little lighter from... Oh, okay. <laughs> Why are we lightheaded? <laughs> Your heart's maybe now a little lighter from your random encounter with your old friend. Okay, I think this is a good stopping point. Oh! So no. let's go ahead and talk experience points. I'm going to award you three experience points, Tira, for 
doing your discussion with Thump. Peter, I'm also going to award you three for your interaction. And Wamberbash, you were looking really good lying there. So you're (laughs) going to get two for your figuring things out. And I I liked how you were interacting with him outside of Asimari's workshop. That was (laughs) fun. It's odd to be bantering with someone in terms of smell. (laughs) Hey, I mean, Wamberbash might soon become fluent. You mean, you mean flutulence? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let's talk Norse battle. Do you have anything you want to nominate for? Well, do we get any experience points for checking out the fortress or the, oh, yeah. the shipyard? That's right. Take a discovery point for the discovery of Asimri's workshop in Sethlerbad. Because I mean, we, we found one in uh, in Moriga. Does this mean there's going to be one in each country? Time will tell. Maybe. I think only time will tell. Um, I'd like to nominate uh, Tira for really um, figuring out what Homeboy was saying. Yeah. Uh, Discovering... The question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was and, excited and, that I figured putting, out yeah, the yeah. name answer, asking for our names thing. Yeah, yeah, that was well done. And I've been waiting to introduce this character for a long time, and I'm excited to do it. I've, I've been sitting uh, with anticipation, knowing that I've got this guy who communicates in this really neat way. Yeah. And uh, I'm, I'm glad that you're figuring him out. So that's really neat. Any other nominations? You oh, didn't I'm give sorry. Me <laughs> yeah, you get half a point. Uh, I'm sorry. Your nomination was for for her. I, I mean, she really figured out everything. Well, that's what I gave her the three for. Oh, I see. For your discussion with him and figuring things out. Um, let me think. Then anything else? I'm not really sure that there's anything else. Peter was inexplicably really excited about a flying ship. Yeah, but I was, I was inexplicably uh, uh, excited, excited about, about an ox. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> Which you already got points for, apparently. But you have a history of being excited about that kind yeah, of yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, true, true. Peter is apparently a gearhead. Yeah. <laughs> but that's good. Steampunk. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's about well, it, right? Yeah, I'm not sensing anything else, and so we will go ahead and do our recap. Tira is 89 points into level four. Uh, Womber Bash is 10 points into level 5. Uh, Peter is now 91 points into level 4. All right. Hope you enjoyed exploring another corner of the world and getting to meet an old friend. I thought it was a lot of fun to be able to do that, and we hope you enjoyed the show, and we hope to see you again next time here at Stack of Dice. Hello stackers, I'm Rhett, the dungeon master of this 5th edition Dungeons & Dragons adventure set in the homebrewed world of Vardalon. With me is... Meredith as Tira Ironstag. Womberbash as Michael... Sorry, hold on a second. <laughs> 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 that was not on purpose. No, it was by accident. <laughs>